Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. All right, welcome to this week's episode. Happy 4th of July, everybody. So glad you're here. Uh, this week's episode is going to be about baseball and basketball players from the state of Iowa. Not from the state of Iowa, but I should say born in Iowa. So, welcome everybody. Uh, as, uh, as usual, glad you're here. Glad you're happy to be around. Um, I'm not going to list every athlete from the state of Iowa that played baseball for Major League Baseball or every basketball player that played in the NBA. I'm going to talk about a couple big names, maybe a small name here or two, uh, guys you may not know and guys you do know. We're going to talk about their careers, uh, what they did for, you know, maybe what they did, who they played for, um, whether or not they're in the Hall of Fame. And I think I'm going to do this once a month um, and just going to talk about a different state. Every month, there's, you know, 50 states and one territory, you know, and we throw in Puerto Rico as a territory. So, we got 51 episodes for sure. So, that's good content. Uh, and if you guys want to reach out to me and tell me which state we should do next, first one in the email, one guy with a mic at gmail.com, gets his state picked for next month. All right. So, but first, I have a little beef with a independent baseball team's fans. Okay. Not gonna name this independent baseball team fan, but uh, if anybody knows where I live at, it's that team's fans. Now, I was at a game the other night, and I understand you're there having a good time. You paid fifteen bucks for a ticket so you can sit front row behind the plate, and then you want to go ahead and cuss at the umpire, and then you want to go ahead and cuss at the other players. Like, how about we just grow up? I mean, this is. Independent baseball. These guys are college kids, or just older than college kids. Maybe guys that didn't make it in the make it in a major league team now have to play independent ball, playing for pittance, you know, for their summer. And here you are, being a knucklehead. All right. So how about if you don't understand what the rules are of how to act as a fan, go back to my youth sports episode back in February. It's episode number two. And that way you can learn how to be respectful for a fan because the youth sports that I talk about there can the same apply with this group of guys as well. And also, when you have kids at the game with you, definitely, definitely don't act the way I heard people act last night. Okay? Or the other night. The There's multiple people with kids that were cussing and acting erratic and it's a independent baseball league i get it team wants to win but how about you just enjoy the game enjoy the atmosphere you know be there with the kids teach them something and if you don't know that much about the game you never know you might want to just ask somebody because that person you could be sitting next to does a weekly podcast about the history of baseball and basketball just saying. And I heard it's a pretty awesome podcast, if I have to do safe so myself. Uh, and wait till I get shirts, folks, because that's going to be fire. Now that my PSA is over, a little did you know for you. 
It's baseball season. Of course, basketball free agency is going on. And man, has there been a lot of free agency going on and a lot of trades. Wow. And the WNBA is in full effect. So this week's Did You Know is going to be about both the NBA and Major League Baseball. So, in 1957, as a member of the Milwaukee Braves, Gene Conley won a World Series. He then played with the Boston Celtics for 59-61, to where he won three straight NBA championships. He's a guy that played with Hank Aaron, Warren Spahn, Eddie Matthews, and, and then he turns around and plays with Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, and Casey Jones. Conley played 11 seasons in Major League Baseball, he was a three-time All-Star pitcher, and then he also played six seasons in the NBA. Five of those years overlapping where he played a full season of baseball and then turned around and played a full season of basketball. There have only been 14 other players to play in the Major League Baseball in the NBA. Neither one of them did what Gene did. Uh, most recently, Mark Hendrickson of the Baltimore Orioles played basketball for four years from 97 90 uh, or actually it's a five years, 96, 97 season, all the way up to the 2002 season. Well, at which point he left basketball and joined the major league baseball where he played from 2002 to 2011. Danny Ainge did it in 79 and 81 playing with the Toronto blue Jays. And he followed that with a basketball career, uh, from 81 to 82 or starting in 81, 82, going all the way through 94, 95 winning championships with the Celtics and also appearing in a finals with the Phoenix Suns. And also a little added bonus here, since we're talking about baseball and basketball, Bob Gibson, Fergie Jenkins, Lou Brock and Ernie Banks all played for the Harlem Globetrotters at some point in their career. So that's a great, did you know? And now for your weekly on this day, you know, I love to tell you, the thing you probably don't know, or maybe you do, and I'm the one just learning it now. You know, it's that kind of stuff. With 4th July 4th this week, I'm going to take you back to July 4th, 1939. Lou Gehrig retired, had his, numbers, had his number four retired as the first ever Yankee to have his number retired, and also first Major League Baseball player to ever have his number retired as well. Lou Gehrig went on to uh, pass away due to Lou Gehrig's disease. Also on July 4th is the day he gave his uh, I'm the luckiest man speech. And, of course, what's July 4th without another Yankee or two making headlines? Because in 1983, Dave Rigetti threw a no-hitter. And then, in 1984, Phil Negro struck out his 3,000th batter. Also, in July, on July 4th, 1980, Nolan Ryan struck out his 3,000th 3, 3, batter as well. On the basketball side of things, it was Kobe Bryant getting arrested in Eagle, Colorado on charges of sexual assault that were later dismissed. Now I got all those formalities out of the way. Let's talk about baseball players born in Iowa, shall we? There is 225 total players. That were have been that were born in this that have been born in the state of Iowa that all went on to play in the Major League Baseball, either they had a cup of coffee or they played multiple years. They played in World Series, won some World Series championships. One hundred and thirty of those were pitchers. All right, 
And 160 of those, and 160 of those 225 players were actually debuted before 1970. Now, the the top three cities with uh, the most is 18 for Des Moines, 15 for Cedar Rapids, and 9 for Sioux City. There are six Hall of Famers that were born in Iowa. Cap Anson, Red Faber, Dave Bancroft. Sioux City Explorers just had Dave Bancroft night to honor this. Uh, Bob Feller, the heater from Van Meter. We'll get more about him in a minute. Fred Clark and Dazzy Vance. Current players are Derek Hill of the Tigers, Mitch Keller of the Pirates. Got him on my fantasy team. Didn't realize he was from Iowa. Matt Koch of the Mariners and Michael Waka of the Red Sox. Again, another guy that's on my fantasy team I didn't know was from Iowa until just now. Bob Feller leads the way with eight all-star game appearances. Nobody else has more than two. So, we're going to start with 1871 to 1897. Cap Anson started playing. He started off with the Rockford Forest Cities. He then played four seasons with the Philadelphia Athletics from 1872 to 1875. And in 1876, he joined the Chicago Cubs, who were not the Chicago Cubs at the time. They are actually the Chicago White Stockings. He played until 1897 and then retired at 45. From 1880 to 1897, he was a player manager. He ended his career with batting by batting 334. He had 97 home runs, or as we like to call them on this show, dingers, baby. And he had 3,435 hits. He also drove in 2,075 RBIs. He stole 277 bases. And as a manager, he went 12-95 and 9-47 losses with 46 ties. Now, let's jump ahead 39 years after his retirement to the debut of Bob Feller. Like I said, he's the heater from Van Meter, folks. He played his entire career with the Cleveland Guardians, a.k.a. formerly known as the Indians, from 1936 to 1956. He, had, he did three years of military service from 42 to 44 for the uh, World War II. He ended his career with a career record of 266 and 162. He had a 3.25 ERA. He threw 44 shutouts and had 22 saves in his career. He also struck out 2,581. He was Like I said, he was an eight-time All-Star. And he was a member of the 1948 Cleveland World Series team. That featured Larry Doby, Satchel Paige, Lou Boudreau, Joe Gordon, and Bob Lemon. Now we're going to jump ahead to 1989 to a kid by the name of Kevin Tappany. Made his Major League debut with the New York Mets, and he appeared in three games before he being moved to the Minnesota Twins. And he appeared five games in that season. In 1990, Kevin went 12-8 with a 4.07 ERA, 101 strikeouts, Walking only, he walked only 29 in 28 games. He also only gave up 12 dingers in his first full year. He would go on to finish fifth in, in, in Rookie of the Year voting. And then in 1991, he was a key member of the Minnesota Twins winning the 1991 World Series. He was the second starter on the, on the team behind Jack Morris. In 34 starts that year, he went 16-9 with a 2.99 ERA. And he led the Twins in war with a 6.8 that year. 
In the World Series, he went 1-1, one and one, both times being matched up against the Braves' Tom Glavin. In Game 2, he pitched 8 innings and only gave up 2 runs. He struck out 3, but in Game 5, it was a completely different story. As he only lasted 4 innings, gave up 6-6, six, six, and 4 runs. Tappany played until 2001 when he retired as a member of the Chicago Cubs. He compiled 143 wins and 125 losses. He had a career ERA of a 4.35, and he had 724 career strikeouts. He never matched that 91 season, but he was always a servable, a servable, serviceable starter. Jeez, I can't get that word out of my mouth. Now, the 90s also saw John Lieber, Cal, Cal Edred, Eldred, A.J. Hinch, Jerry Harrison Jr., and Casey Blake all make their MLB debut. So, but we're gonna let's we're gonna jump to 2013 for Michael Waka from Iowa City makes his debut with the St. Louis Cardinals. He appeared in 15 games, starting nine. He went four and one. He had a 2.78 ERA that year. He went 64.2 innings pitched, and he had 65 Ks. He would go four and one in the playoffs that year, with his only loss being Game Six of the World Series, which happened to be the clincher for Boston that year. He also won the NLCS MVP award, MVP award by going 2 and 0 and not allowing a run in 13.2 innings pitched. He also struck out 13 during that series. He's played 6 more seasons, he played 6 more seasons with the Cardinals, compiling a 59 and 39 record uh, with a 3.91 ERA and he has 759 Ks with them. He was named an All-Star in 2015. When he was, and he also went that year 17 and 7. He played one year with the Mets in 2020. He played with the Rays in 2021, and he's currently a member of the Boston Red Sox. And is 6 and 1 with a 2.69 ERA this year. And 13 games started. He has a one, he has one complete game shutout, and he's looking like his old 21 year old self this year, folks. So there's your bit of an overview of Major League Baseball players from Iowa with all stats brought to you by the wonderful researchers on BaseballReference.com as always I am not partnered with or sponsored by them I just really like their website now I didn't really spend a whole lot of time on the baseball sides just for the simple fact last week I did an entire episode about baseball and I, I said I would make it up to my basketball fans I told my basketball fans I would make this up, and here's my makeup. The rest of this episode is about Iowa basketball players. So, this is a short list. 24 players have played in the NBA that were born in Iowa. From 1950 players Hoot Gibson and, Mur- and Murray Weir to current players Harrison Bard, Jared Utoff, and Joe Wieskamp. In between them, we have Nick Collison, Nick Kirk Heinrich, Bobby Hansen, Matt Bullard, Rafe LaFrenz, and Marcus Page. Cedar Rapids and Des Moines lead the cities with four players each. Ames comes in second, comes in right behind him with a three, and Iowa City comes in with two. Nick Collison leads all Iowa-born players in games played with 910. Harrison Barn leads all players born in Iowa with 3,800 field goals. Heinrich leads all Iowa-born players with Three-point field goals made at 1172. Collison leads it 
Leads in offensive rebounds with 1776 and total rebounds at 4701. Rafe LaFrance has 908 leads it all Iowa born players with 919 blocks. And I'm going to have to say the best passer has to be Kurt Heinrich on this list because he had 4245 assists in his career in his career and only has 1617 turnovers. So almost a, a little less than a 3 to 1 ratio, still pretty good. However, there is no member of the Naismith Hall of Fame that was born in Iowa. Also, honorable, honorable mentions for this list, as they were raised in Iowa, just not born here. Kyle Corver, he was born in Lakewood, California, and raised in Pella. Ricky Davis, born in Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada, not Las Vegas, New Mexico, and raised in Davenport, Iowa. Fred Hoiberg, born in Lincoln, raised in Ames, Iowa. And Doug McDermott, born in Green. Grand Forks, North Dakota, and Rames in, raised in Ames, Iowa as well. So we're going to start this trek in 1950 with Murray Weir. Murray Weir played 56 games with the Tri-City Blackhawks. He averaged 7.7 points, 7.7 points per game, 1.9 assists, and he was nicknamed the Rampaging Redhead and also the Wizard Weird. He is best known for his time at the University of Iowa, where he was a first-team All-American and All-Big Ten. He led the NCAA in scoring in 1948, drafted by the Fort Wayne Pistons. He ended up with uh, the Tri-City, though. A member of the NBL, which later merged with the BBA or the BAA to form the current NBA. So, his second season with Tri-City and his first in the official NBA, he played for Red Auerbach. He played one more year with Tri-Cities, not appearing in any games. And then he played one more season of Pro Ball with Waterloo Hawks of the National Pro Basketball League. When the league folded, he coached. At, he decided to take up coaching at Waterloo East as an assistant and head coach for 24 years as an assistant, and then as a head coach for 24 years, compiling a record of 374 and 140. He also won the 74 state championship. He was na- Also that year, he was named Iowa State Coach of the Year. And he also coached tennis for 10 years. And then he also served as the high school athletic director for 34 years. Now we're going to jump ahead to 1984, where there's Bobby Hansen is drafted with the seventh pick in the third round by the Utah Jazz. He would play seven seasons with Utah, averaging 20.1 minutes per game, 7.5 points per game, 2.4 rebounds, and 1.7 assists per game. After the 89-90 season, he was traded to Sacramento as part of the Jeff Malone deal. He would go on to play 38 games with Sacramento, where he averaged 6.2 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, 2.4 2.4 assists in just 22 minutes of play. During the 91-92 season, two games in actually, he was traded to the Bulls. And as and then he went on to back up Michael Jordan and Craig Hodges. He appeared in 66 games that year. <coughs> and he averaged 2.5 points per game, 1.1 rebounds per game, and an assist per game. Hansen could be most remembered, though, in his Game 6 heroics, heroics, his Game 6 heroics, I don't know, I'm giving it up, folks. In Game 6 of the 92 Finals, 
down by 15. Jackson puts Hanson in um, and took Jordan out. Hanson hit the first three-pointer to start off the fourth quarter and got a steal from Jerome Kersey. In five minutes' work, him, Pippen, and Stacey King got the Bulls back within three points with Jordan on the bench. They went around a 14-2, they went on a 14-2 run. After the Bulls won that game and clinched the title as the first team to ever clinch a title, Jesus, oh my lord, let me speak into the mic clearly, folks. Okay, backing it up real quick. The 92 Bulls clinched that title as the first team ever to be down by 15 in a game clincher and then to win it. And after the game, Jordan stated, I'm glad for Bobby Hansen repeatedly. After the season and with his ring, he he, detided, he decided to retire and is now a color commentator for the Hawkeyes. The only year he did not make the playoffs was his one year with the Kings. The 90s saw players born in Iowa join the league, uh, starting with Matt Bullard in 91, where he played 11 seasons for multiple teams, and ending with Rafe LaFriends and Ryan Bowen being drafted in the 98 draft. LaFrance went drafted was drafted third overall in the 98 draft by the Nuggets, two picks before Vince Carter, and seven picks before Kansas teammate Paul Pierce. Ryan Bowen in that draft uh, was drafted in the second round, but Bowen did not make his debut until November 2nd, 1999. And then he played 10 seasons in the NBA, averaging... 12.8 minutes per game, 2.6 per game points per game, 2.1 rebounds per game, and a half an assist a game. Now we jump ahead to 2003 draft class where we have two teammates born 40 miles apart in the, from the state of Iowa, and they both went to Kansas. They had just lost the title game to Syracuse that year in Carmelo Anthony. One was drafted 7th, and the other one was drafted 12th. Kirk Heinrich went to the Bulls with the 7th pick. And Nick Collison went to the Supersonics in Seattle, now the Oklahoma Thunder, with the 12th overall pick. Heinrich was coached by his dad, Jim Heinrich, at Sioux City West. As a freshman, he led West to the state tournament, only to be bounced in the first round. His sophomore year, he led him back to the state title, or to the state uh, playoffs, but this time they made it to the finals, only to come up short. His junior year, again, it fell fl- fell flat on his face in the first round, or the team did anyways. And they got bounced in the first round. But finally, his senior year, he was able to lead West to their first and only state title in 1999. And it's still their only state title since. He played four seasons at Kansas, which was highlighted by consecutive final, p- final four appearances his junior and senior year which also led us to a title appearance his senior year as well. He ranked 8th in assists as a sophomore in the nation. He led his team in steals, and he shot 50.5% from three-point range. He made all Big 12 second team and all third team NCAA. That was voted on by the coaches. As a senior, he was all Big 12 second team, won Kansas Defensive Player of the Year, won Midwest Region Outstanding Player, Player Award, and made third-team All-American. His number 10 is retired by Kansas. Just like his 12 is at West. Heinrich was drafted 7th due to Jay Williams injuring himself in a motorcycle accident, and the Bulls needed a point guard. 
His rookie season, he made all-rookie first team. And in 2007, he was named to NBA All-Defensive second team. In his career, Kirk played for the Bulls, Wizards, and Hawks. He ended his career with a 30.7 point, or 30.7 minutes per game, 10.9 points per game, 4.8 assists per game, 2.9 rebounds per game, 1.1 steals per game. He was considered a, rel- a relentless defender during his time in the league. He retired as the Bulls' all-time three-point leader with 1,049. Nick Collison's career, he was a key player off the bench for the Sonics and Slash Thunder during his career. His number four is retired by the OKC, and his number four is also retired by Kansas. He's also the first Thunder player to ever have his number, number retired as well. His awards are as follows. He won the NABC Player of the Year as a senior at KU. He was a first-team All-American his senior year. He was a Big 12 Player of the Year his senior year. In high school, he was McDonald's High School All-American. He was a co-Mr. Iowa MV Iowa Basketball with Kirk Heinrich. <coughs> he appeared on the cover of the NCAA Final Four 2004 edition for the PS2. He has three golds and a silver representing America in the FIBA Americas Cup. He finished his career as the only person to play his entire career with the Sonics slash Thunder. As in, like, he played with the Sonics and then he played with the Thunder his entire career. Like, he was the only one that made the transition and stuck around. Um, And like I said, he was the first player to have his jersey retired. His career averages of 20.4 minutes per game, and he also had 5.9 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, and an assist, and he appeared in NBA Finals. And now we come probably to the most, to the last player, but probably the best basketball player to come out of Iowa, and his name is Harrison Barnes. Harrison grew up in Ames, Iowa. He was the number one rated player in the nation by scout.com and number two by rivals. He played alongside Doug McDermott and won a state title his junior and senior year. And those two years, uh, they went 54 and 0. as a high school senior. He was named Iowa's Mr. Basketball. He was a first parade all American. He was a McDonald's all American and the game's co MVP. He was a Mr. Basketball USA and he was co-MVP at the Jordan Classic, Jordan Brand Classic with Kyrie Irving. He picked UNC and Roy Williams where he won individual awards as All-ACC all All-Freshman, ACC Rookie of the Year, Second Team All-ACC, First Team All-ACC, and as a, as a sophomore and Second Team All-American. He also... Won an ACC regular season title. He won, made the ACC tourney final and the Elite Eight. 2012, he got drafted seventh by the Warriors, and he would play four seasons with the Warriors, averaging 28.1 minutes per game, 10.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, one and a half assists. Mark Jackson said when he was drafted, he could guard all five positions. He was the sixth man until Iguodala showed up. And then he was relegated to a reserve role. But that all changed when Steve Kerr took over as head coach. And he was was named a starter again. 
He won the 2015 championship with the Warriors. He scored 24 points in the Game 5 clincher in 2015. In 2016, he was part of the 73-9 Warriors team. At the end of the 2016 season, and after the Warriors lost to the Cavs after being up 3-1, to Barnes signed a deal with the Mavs. He played 205 games with the Mavs and was traded to the Kings in 2019 midway through a game. With the Mavs, he averaged 34.2 minutes, 18.7 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, 1.6 assists. <coughs> he just completed his fourth year with the Kings and is signed through the 2023 season. With the Kings, he has averaged 34.6 minutes per game, 15.5 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, and he's still only 29 years old. So, there's just a little overview about the players that were born in Iowa that made the leagues in the NBA and Major League Baseball. So, let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know who you want more know more information about, and I can direct you to the right place. Baseballreference.com and Wikipedia is where I got all my baseball all my basketball stats for this episode. And again, find me on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and the gram. Instagram, that is, folks. And as always, thanks for showing up. Now go show off what you just learned to all your friends and family. Have a great evening, a great afternoon, or a great morning. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintails.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.